Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Mariska Bayer. So Mariska is a professional wheelchair basketball athlete who will be competing in the Paralympics in the coming weeks. She was awarded the MVP award for the last European World Championships and she plays for the Dutch national team. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Mariska onto the show. So Mariska Bayer, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Matt. So for those who don't know who you are, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? So I'm Riska. I'm a wheelchair basketball player for Team Netherlands and currently preparing for Tokyo 2020. Uh, at the moment, we are world and European champions, so we got a quite a large target on our backs. And also in the last few tournaments, I got voted MVP. So that means I'm the most valuable player. And I also got a target on my back for the opponents. <laughs> and besides playing for Team Netherlands, uh, I also play pro in the German first Erstes Bundesliga. So that's the highest league in Germany and arguably also the best league in the world. And the cool thing about that is that I get to play again one of the best and toughest men in the game too. Uh, and that, that uh, really shines in your physical attributes as well. Um, yes. So can you give people a quick, uh, yeah, quick introduction as to uh, how we work together as well? Because I think that's important because uh, people can listen to, to great athletes on the podcast. But it's also good to know that uh, I've kind of roped you in uh, after working with you for a couple of years as well. So you can, can you explain that one? Yeah, so I've been uh, being trained by Matt for the last couple of years for strength and conditioning. So I'm known as the beast, and that's because I'm built like a beast. I have the biggest muscles on the team, and that's why I can compete with the men too, because I'm just so strong. And Matt really helped me uh, gain, uh, just improving my body to be where I am right now. I think the the hard work was uh, was done far before I got there, but uh, hopefully we've managed to to get you in uh, in top shape for Tokyo very soon. Um, I mean, you definitely fine tuned it. So. Fine tuned, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. I like that. I like yeah. that. Fine fine tuning yeah. the the little bits and pieces so, so that we're uh, we're ready to rock in a few weeks' time. Definitely. So. In terms of wheelchair basketball, then I'm, I'm imagining a lot of the people listening probably haven't watched much wheelchair basketball. Um, and with the Paralympics coming up, I think it's really cool to get you on to, to discuss why it would be an awesome sport to watch. So can you give us a quick introduction as to what wheelchair basketball is uh, and what the sport involves? I mean, of course, I think wheelchair basketball is the coolest Paralympic sport there is in the world. Uh, but the best aspect of the game is that it's physical quick and it's a team sport so you still play five on five just like able body basketball and there's just so much phys- uh, physicality and speed involved in the game and everyone working together and i really think it's the most visual appealing sport there is and in terms of that kind of uh, that speed and that power um, what does that mean in terms of the, the physical aspects then? Because obviously uh, it's really important that you are physically fit to play a sport like yes. that. So what, what does Definitely. that mean for you? Um, for me, it means that I'm in the gym at, uh, two times in a week uh, lifting weights. And it really depends in where I am in my training schedule. It's either really heavy or a little lighter, more reps, uh, just so my muscles can actually uh, do the quick turns. We need to do like breaking your chair very hard. You also need your shoulders in tip-top shape, otherwise you can rip your shoulder off almost. <laughs> so it's really important to have the strong big and the small muscles so you can do the quick turns necessarily for sports. 
and of course, so you can play the entire game because it's two hours long in total that you're busy playing a game. So it's, 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 not, it's not two hours uh, of playing time, right? So you do get rest. No, it, you're not just doing for, two hours of sport. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, four quarters of 10 minutes, but you also have half time, uh, warm up, uh, dead time when the, the clock is stopped, but you still have to make sure you're in the right position or you have to push the opponents out of the right position. So it's not like you're not doing anything for those minutes. There's no clock ticking. You're still busy with the game. I think that's that's really important as well to consider that even actually uh, when the clock stopped, you still have to jostle for that position as well. So that's uh, yeah. that's really cool. Um, and when you look at things like uh, like speed and power, how does that influence uh, the way you play? I mean, it's always easier when you're stronger and quicker than the opponent because then you're at the right spot quicker than they are. Um, for me, I'm built like a building. So if I have a smaller person in front of me and she's really light, it's easier for me to get chair position and just kind of push her out of the way, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think every percentage, you're either quicker or stronger or both, it's a win for the team. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's super interesting, especially for me as well as uh, as an SNC coach, because that means that I can uh, have an impact on performance, which is uh, super enjoyable for my position. Um, <laughs> so when you look at all of those physical attributes together, uh, what do you think then that it takes to reach the top in wheelchair basketball? Oh, I think you also need a little bit of talent with the basketball and uh, lots of hard work because you can have talent and be lazy. You don't get anywhere. But if you work hard, uh, like train hard in the gym and make your hours shooting the ball, uh, have chair skills, that's also part of the conditioning. Uh, that's that, that might be outworking the talent. But if you have both, you can be almost unstoppable. I think that's uh, absolutely the goal, of course, to, to make sure that you've got both of those things on point. And uh, especially with uh, with big tournaments coming up, making sure that's all ready. Um, yes. um, with, with obviously Tokyo being now in 2021, um, it was cancelled in 2020, which is a m massive pain in the ass for everyone. Um, it was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was certainly uh, not ideal. But no. what kind of impact then did that have, uh, on your preparation? Um, of course, the impact was also mentally because I'm a team player. Like, I love training together with the team. And suddenly you were just stuck in your house. And not able to go anywhere because everything is in lockdown and you're in lockdown and quarantine, whatever. So I was lucky with you as a coach. Like you made a plan so you can work out one once or twice a day um, with minimal equipment. Like I was just terabenting the life out of the day. And I got a TRX and it, in the end of the lockdown, I got like a dip and pull up station because I was so bored. <laughs> I remember that. That was, uh, yeah, that's, uh, certainly understandable that at a certain yeah, point. You're I, I still remember like sending you the picture like, hey, Matt, I got myself a present. <laughs> uh, and, that was, and it was super cool, right? Because it gave you loads more options to play with. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's mentally so much better to be yeah. able to do something outside of just, uh, yeah, the, the standard bodyweight exercises. Definitely. And, I, and also as a team, uh, mostly on Fridays we did it. We went into like a Skype meeting and we just worked out together for an hour, hour and a half. And it was also just really nice. So you can see everyone like in the garages and living rooms and in the garden doing the same exercises. 
And then you were like, oh, we're still together. Yeah, yeah and we, we, we kind of made that team feeling, but obviously it's not the same, right? Like, it's not the same as when you play together and, uh, no, yeah, and but you're with each other all the time. Something. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then when you when you look back at that, how, how did you find your physical preparation during that period? Because obviously uh, you miss a lot of the, the training with basketball and, in fact, Definitely. in the gym in that stage. Um, but how did that then look like on a, on a day-to-day basis for you? Uh, I mean, I still had two practices a day. Um, so in that regard, it didn't really shift training hours-wise. Uh, but it's more like I never did so many strengths and conditioning practices in my life. Like every day I was either doing hard, hard lifting, so lots of reps, or recovery lifting. And every day it was short conditioning work or more endurance training. I never did that in my life. So <laughs> yeah. when I got back in my chair and actually playing basketball, I was like, I feel like I'm stronger and quicker than I was before. But that's also normal because normally you have um, basketball focus training. And now everything was set to make you stronger and quicker. So, of course, you get stronger and quicker when you don't have to focus on the basketball part. Yeah, so you have way more energy to to adapt to the other stimuli, and actually way more focus on those other stimuli. So that that kind of set us up nicely for the for the year ahead as well. So yeah, um, yeah, it, I think that depended a lot on how we how we looked at it and how we used it. But I think uh, in most cases we managed to use that pretty pretty well. Um, yeah, because uh, the few years before I kind of hit a ceiling with my max bench press weight. And now I over that ceiling and still improving even. And I really think that benchmark was set during the quarantine training. Yeah, I think uh, I think that gave you a huge basis for the for the year ahead, right? So yeah, definitely. Um, you you managed to uh, get a little bit stronger in that period, and also when you came back to the gym uh, after that period with a little bit of a break uh, from from heavier lifting, um, we came into a, a max strength phase after a few weeks and. Uh, I was so every, happy. Every, yeah, every, <laughs> everyone started making big gains there. Everyone was really happy. It was brilliant. Um, and since then, we've been able to manage to, to maintain that as well throughout the year. So uh, that's been uh, that's been really good. But um, when we then look back uh, earlier, the question you mentioned your your mental, uh, like how you dealt with that mentally. So what kind of skills yeah. did you then use to overcome uh, the fact that you weren't with the team um, and actually a huge part of your life? Uh, fell away, right? Like if you're if you're it, training my 10, life is 10 plus the hours. Like it, my life exactly. is basketball. It's I have no life otherwise. That's, <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> um I think what really helped me was uh the online contact with teammates and my friends of course, which are mainly teammates. Um and being creative. I found out that I actually like biking as well. Yep. So I just biked a lot and I was outside. I really think that part also helped. The weather was really nice. Um, just being still active because if I don't move, I get depressed. If I don't move for two weeks, you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so you've been moving now. So that's good, right? Like you can, you can tell you've been, uh, you've been moving recently. That's uh, that's a plus. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I also just moved out of my bed. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that counts. <laughs> it does for me. Yeah. <laughs> I just sit up. And, uh... um, but yeah, it was definitely hard. Uh, I found other stuff 
to do outside of sport. So I started uh, painting again and just being more creative than I did in my regular life. So I just tried to find other outlets of my energy to say. I think that's, uh, that's super interesting as well. It's great to hear that athletes uh, can find their own way outside of, uh, of sport as such and then finding something which is, is creative, which normally might not be seen as something particularly athletic. Um, it gives you a completely different uh, goal and a completely different perspective on what you're doing. So that's uh, that's super interesting to hear. Yeah, um, that is, I think that's the same with the uh, the kid from swimming of the Olympic Games. He started knitting in the first lockdown. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. And he said knitting saved his life uh, during quarantine and lockdown. I think that's if you find something new or old that you're passionate about, it really helps you through tough times. And that's uh, that's some excellent advice. And uh, we also wanted to ask some some advice which you would give then to uh, to younger athletes, right? So before we, we get onto that part, I'd be really interested to hear how you got into wheelchair basketball because it's not a sport that you just rock up to and, uh, and you say, hey, I want to play wheelchair basketball today. So how did you get into the sport in the first place? Well, I actually played a different sport before that. Uh, I played wheelchair badminton, yep. but I, I didn't really 100% enjoy it. I was pretty good at it because I had a chair skills. I was young. I was flexible, whatever. Uh, but then one of my teammates suggested, like, hey, I also play wheelchair basketball, and it's only 10 minutes away from here. Do you want to try it out? You can just come by and try a few practices and see if you like it. And I still remember going into that gym. I think it was like 20 minutes after practice started because they told me because I'm never late. And <laughs> uh, I still remember the sound, uh, like of the ball slamming against the floor, dribbling. <laughs> I didn't know that we're dribbling yet, so <laughs> you hear the ball slamming, and then you hear the metal on metal clashing, like a and the shouting, and there was just so much vibrant energy coming out of that floor. I was like, holy damn, I want to be part of this. <laughs> and I picked up a ball. And I never put it down again. Oh, that's excellent. That's absolutely yeah. excellent. So when when kids are listening to that story, right? Like that that would that would want me that would make me want to get interested in wheelchair basketball, right? Like I I based on that story, I'd want to play. So I know I I want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> I get to play again tomorrow. Yeah, you've got you've got a rest day today. You'll, we we'll get you in the gym tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon, you can play. It's all good. Okay, okay, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Patience, patience. Um, so when when you look then towards uh, towards younger kids, obviously it's, it's super important that younger kids uh, keep coming through because one day, unfortunately, you're going to have to be replaced. Uh, hopefully, it's not for a number of years. But um, when when you look towards younger kids and you uh, and you see them uh, looking at getting involved in uh, wheelchair basketball or other adaptive sport, what would your advice be to them? Well, there's never a wrong time to start. So whenever you think it's right, it's right. Um, it's okay to forge your own path. Like if you decide I want to start out with tennis, try that out. That's fine. As long as you in the end turn out playing wheelchair basketball because that's the coolest sport ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have uh, have switched through to that as well, right? There's been a lot of people who've uh, who've played and maybe left the sport, done a different sport. Uh, yeah, there's back. also a few basketball players that switch over to tennis. So we all. That's the hard part of a Paralympic sports. The pool is so small, so we're all kind of competing over the same disabled kids. 
and we all want to pull that to our sports, of course. Um, but I think the best part of our sport is is that you get to play with other disabled kids or disabled people. So you get to learn easier from each other for from a bigger pool of people. Uh, um, that that I remember that really helped me, like how to talk with the government to get the right wheelchair, uh, how to do certain things in life, how to get to jump off the big sidewalk things. I learned that all from my teammates. I think that, that's super interesting as well because it, it looks a little bit outside of, of what you learn just within sport. Um, yeah. You've about life and yeah. how to deal like how how do you, um, you use that kind of uh that team around you to to learn uh yeah all of the different facets and aspects of of disability life how like you, you mentioned the, the government for example but it could easily yeah. be um yeah also, how, how you get in and out of your stool more efficiently for example yeah yeah for me i'm not uh highly disabled as you call it so i only have something on my lower leg so i can still walk so the transfers are really easy for me um but for me i had a huge confidence problem I, you will not believe it, but I was the shyest person in school and I was the kid that was bullied quite a lot. Um, but being involved in sports helped me gain confidence like, hey, my body can can still do cool stuff even though I'm in a wheelchair. And that really helped me improve my self-esteem. And as when I got my self-esteem playing through sports and being reinforced by my teammates, I noticed that the bullying got less and less and less because I was not afraid to talk back anymore. <laughs> I was like, well, you talk shit about me. I don't care. I'm a, I'm the right person for me. So whatever, I'm just not going to listen to you kind of stuff. I think that's, that's an excellent lesson as well. And that, that goes for, for kids, but also for adults who might be in a similar situation. Yes. I think that's a, that's a fantastic lesson that, that sport has, uh, has managed to teach. Um, oh, yeah, and if if we if we look at you now, then I certainly wouldn't say that you were the shy kid. <laughs> if, if if we're honest, like that's uh, that's a complete. Like I'm like bring it on, world. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, that's a fantastic advert for sport in general. In fact, when when you look at um, kids who may be uh, shy or introverted, and all of a sudden they they have a different platform and a different area. Uh, to show themselves and yeah if you look at that then a few years later uh, you see Mariska Bayer there standing there uh, at the Paralympics uh, ready to perform with a big smile on her face and that's uh, that's fantastic yep. and then dominate people <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan that's the plan so <laughs> Um, Mariska, I think that's uh, that's it time-wise, but uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, and, uh, and sharing your, your stories and uh, your thoughts today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Matt, and I will see you in the gym tomorrow. You will, st- you will certainly see me in the gym tomorrow. Thank you very much. <laughs> see ya. Bye. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Mariska for all of her hard work in today's podcast. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you did at home too. So, of course, if you want to follow Mariska's journey in the Paralympics, all you have to do is check her out on the TV. So she'll be starting with games on the 25th, 26th and 27th of August with a break on the 28th and again a game on the 29th. And all being well, we're then going to play the quarter, semi and finals with the final being on the 4th of September. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled and make sure that you're supporting Mariska all the way in her Paralympic journey. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Coach Academy. And the Coach Academy is a series of mini lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to go and find out some more about how athletes are training, go and check out the Coach Academy. You can do that completely for free using the link in the show notes. So you get a seven-day free trial using that link in just a few seconds' time. 
And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it'd be fantastic if you can give us a quick review and rating as well. That means that we can keep bringing you the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.